Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start, Start saving, saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with you. Uh, Marcus Parks, he he was injured, so he can't be here. He's got to edit last podcast on the left because we've been a little bit late with our episodes this week. So thank you all so much for holding on and waiting for us. I'm joined by Travis Morningstar. My injuries are emotional. Really? Mm-hmm. I know that about yeah. you. So are mine as well. And also, I made a mistake. I talked about this on uh, last podcast on the left. I had the smooth move tea. I went a little crazy on smooth move tea. I didn't realize it's not a smooth move. Uh, it's quite a dramatic move, and it's uh, it's a harrowing uh, situation that I was in the entire evening. I didn't know how strong it was. This is a diuretic so, tea. Is this yes, like? Yes, uh, but I thought it was going to be a smooth move. Like have a little fun with it. You've but never it's had not. You've, a, a father figure has never told you smooth move Xlax, and then no, no, no. My 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 family. We were a cheese family. We 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 <laughs> never needed the stuff. All right. Well, we got a bunch of stuff to get to today. Uh, William Barr, he is the new attorney general. And Heather, I believe it's Nurat. Um, she is she has been selected to be the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, taking over for Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, of course, who um, I guess in the, in the minds of a lot of folks did the best she could given sure. this administration. And, of course, when she was over there in South Carolina as governor, she did say, let's take down the Confederate flag. She did some things that were... Against the grain, I would say, for South Carolina. She's out. Who knows what her political future is going to be? Heather Newart is a former Fox News anchor. Uh, naturally, that's where Donald Trump likes to go. He always gets the folks from Fox. I made a horrible career decision by turning against Donald Trump. I could have been in the administration. How great would that have been, Travis? That would have been amazing. Wouldn't that have been fun that I would have no friends? I'd be ostracized for life because I'd be working for the dumbest person to ever sit in the Oval Office? That would be really fun. Um, okay, and maybe he's not the dumbest. I don't know. I'm just rambling here. So Heather Newart, she's a former Fox News anchor who's experienced in American diplomacy. It's not that elaborate. Uh, there's not. It's not that uh, extensive. For 19 months, she was the spokeswoman for the State Department, and that was her first government job. Uh, President Trump made the announcement as he prepared to board Marine One for a trip to Missouri, and that was on Friday morning. We had a lot of news come out on Friday. So she's going to be the new ambassador to the United Nations, and I actually had a chance to meet her a couple of times when I was at Fox News, and uh, I mean, I I suppose she was nice. Who knows what the position's really going to require? You do a lot of sitting, you do a lot of listening, Mm -hmm. and then uh, under this administration, you do a lot of screaming at our allies. So that's kind of fun. And then you watch Benjamin Netanyahu come up with a lot of props, and then he talks about Palestine, and then he talks about how um, just a whole series of different things. Then he has the fun, like, remember that bomb prop he had? Netanyahu. Oh, you ever yeah, see yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of props at the UN. <laughs> no one thinks about these people as showmen. But once they get on that world stage, they are just, they're, they're regular Hugh Jackmans. They, yeah. they do it. They can, they can sing, they can dance. And they, and use, again, a lot of, they use a lot of diagrams that look lot like, of diagrams. like memes. Uh, so that's fun. Absolutely. So William Barr, he is going to be taking over for this dude, Whitaker. Now, Whitaker, extremely controversial, of course. He didn't get Senate confirmation, all this kind of stuff. We know all of that, um, he, which he would need if he wanted to be the permanent attorney general. He's a bald guy. He kind of looks like, what's the name of the bad guy from Daredevil? The uh, pinhead? No, uh, is it pinhead? Is that pinhead? Kingpin. 
Kingpin. Kingpin. Kind of looks like a thinner Kingpin somewhat. And he's going to be gone now. Of course, it was just a temporary appointment. That's why Donald Trump says it's it's not unconstitutional. It's totally within the Constitution. It's constitutional um, because it is a temporary appointment. Does seem like they're holding to that. They have decided to go with this dude, William Pelham Barr. Uh, he is going to be the new attorney general. He has said things that, you know, Donald Trump would like, specifically regarding not being able to indict a sitting president. And uh, does he agree with the Mueller investigation? Not really. You know, so there are some things uh, that Donald Trump saw in the guy. I wonder what they could be. And Barr did serve uh, under George He served under R.I.P. Senior. Yes, under George Bush Sr., George H.W., R.I.P. This whole week was filled with the uh, the ceremonies and you know a life a long lived 94 years old i mean you know and of of course uh I guess he was more of a moderate in some ways. The Willie Horton ads have always come back to sort of haunt him. Pretty fucked up. Well, you know, people wanted a Reagan third term, and then they didn't really like him. Uh, the Republican Party actually kind of turned away from him, of course, because what happened with H.W., he sort of got caught up in the Grover Norquest, Newt Gingrich, never raised taxes regardless of how much uh, the country may need uh, that money in order to balance our budgets. And he said he's not going to raise them, obviously. And then in a compromise with the Democrats, because, of course, he didn't have uh, he didn't have the Congress or the full Congress. So he compromised with the Dems. Taxes went up, theoretically. And then Grover Norquist and the inside of the Tea Party, basically before the, the nut, the seed of right. the Tea Party uh, kind of ousted him. And then, of course, Ross Perot coming in in 92 also uh, t- taking away some of his support. But also Ross Perot took away from both sides. So it is a little bit of a misnomer that he cost him the election. If you look at the numbers, and I think I wrote an article on this or something, um, you can probably find it. But if you, if you actually look at the numbers, Ross Perot almost took away the same from Clinton. Mm-hmm. And then there were a lot of people being like, I wasn't going to vote, except for, for that wonderful little gremlin guy, right. uh, Ross Perot. He motivated some folks, such as my bus driver growing up. <laughs> so, uh, yes, George H.W. Bush. Well, in The Simpsons, um, RIP. The Simpsons outlived George Sr. Now, this is a feud I did not so realize. In, in, oh, anyway, long story short, William Barr was also the United States Attorney General from 91 to 93 during the Bush presidency. Bush won, of course. So in 92, George Sr. Uh, had a had a speech about family values. Okay, good. And he, uh, he said the famous line, uh, the American family needs to be more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons. Oh. And this was, you know, like Mar- Married with Children came out and the Simpsons were real, really big, getting bigger. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, they had, I don't know if, if you remember episodes, like George Sr. was featured in a lot of episodes fighting with Homer. And uh, amazingly, that show outlived yeah. him. And it wasn't like Homer was a big Democrat. I think Homer would probably be, I'm just going to say probably a Trumper. I think Homer's probably a Trumper if I have to guess. But he also has, you know, he has uh, some desires that perhaps are not being met. And that's what happened in 2016. They said, not all of my desires are being met. And they looked for a hero in the orange man in the White House. So William Barr will now be the attorney general. The Mueller investigation, it seems like it could be coming to a close. But how many times have we said that now? I feel like it's been, I honestly, dude, it's just like, get on with it. I've, we got to be done soon. It does soon. feel like um, we're getting small trailers to a bigger Marvel movie. Like, right, right. Because he just keeps, I, it seems deliberate, the, the little flash of leg he's showing oh i know because uh, i read the if you ever you ever go to the, the uh, <laughs> if you ever go to um the it's, it's like they all it's an old arcade mm-hmm. it's in san francisco it's on the pier mm-hmm. and if you put a quarter in uh, it was like five cents i think even and they have one of those like those those flash um you can just like look through like the, a peephole yeah like a peephole it's kind of like a peephole but with pictures and then you can thumb through it and the ladies are showing a lot of ankle and this is from and, and this th- is nowadays. No, it was from like 1910s. It's older. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's okay. an arcade oh. that has vintage games. <laughs> and I guess this was just a game. Be like, can you see? Can you see the corn on her toe? Um, because it was. I guess it was saucy to them. But oh, yeah. Mueller is sort of a is, 1910s, yeah. you know, flapper right now, just showing a little bit of his calf, perhaps. A lot of the stuff in that memo with Manafort and Cohen, a lot of it's redacted still. Oh my God, the whole thing was redacted. I mean, I, I you was, can't read a damn word of it. So it's like hilarious, but nonetheless, big developments. So 
new rep, new ambassador to the UN, Heather Newart and William Barr will be the next attorney general. Um, let's talk about this now. So let's talk about what happened with Michael Cohen specifically with Paul Manafort. It looks like he's still angling for a pardon. It turns out he can't not lie. So yeah. Uh, so Mueller was just like, well, you said you were a, a cooperating with us, bro, but then you lied to us again, dude. So I'm sorry. Now we're going to throw the book back at you. Um, Manafort and, uh, continues to lie, even he though can't not Mueller has said, like, do you understand that we can we read we can read your emails and right. your text messages? Because they have all of that stuff. And yeah. Manafort continues to stare this man in the face. I and, really and he yeah he just can't help himself. I think it is it's muscle memory. I really <laughs> don't think these people have ever told the truth for a long period of time. I really don't think they even know what the truth is anymore. I really think for him, uh, it has corrupted his brain so much. He and Roger Stone alike, uh, it's corrupted their minds so much. Politics, yeah, the poison of politics have corrupted who they are as people to the degree where they don't even think they're lying. I really don't think if you were like, tell the truth, like just Paul Manafort, tell tell me a truth. truth. I don't think he could. Well, this is a ghoul who like came on the Trump. uh, he, He agreed to work with Trump for free. Oh, I mean, he was huge. Donald Trump saved his entire life because at this point, uh, Manafort was broke. He was like, dude, I need so much money because he's one of these guys who just he's like Johnny Depp. Apparently, Johnny Depp is broke, which I'm like, I don't even know how that's possible because he has like more money than God uh, or at least did at one point. Manafort was the same way where he was broke. Trump gave him this gig on the campaign, which is, of course, why we have the situation that we're in right now with the Russians, perhaps, um, where he just needed money. He needed to get these business business contacts. Donald Trump uh, having this high level position as head of the dude's campaign gave him a little bit more carte blanche Mm -hmm. on the world stage. So he did save his entire financial life. And now, of course, ironically enough. Um, he's going to go to prison, uh, most likely for life, unless, of course, Donald Trump pardons him, which is something that is what he's angling for. And I think it's I think it's probable at this point. Wouldn't you, you think you think Trump is going to pardon? I Manafort? think so. It reminds me of, you know, I mean, every president gets a couple of pardons there. You know, uh, we're going to talk about Does, Jeffrey Epstein. Speaking of basically getting a pardon here in, a little bit yeah. later on in the episode, we're going to do kind of a deep dive on that disgusting scumbag. Um Jeffrey Epstein, a horrible, horrible guy. But yeah, when it comes to that, I think Manafort's been kind of playing that game the whole time, which is why with the special counsel, he's like, I'm going to tell you that I'm telling the truth. I still won't be telling the truth. I'll be telling a different lie. He tried to, he's one of these guys who is just, they think they're super smart. Like every dumb criminal. They all think they're brilliant. And then Mueller is just like, I have all of these papers. I got all the documents because I got a bunch of fucking people working on this damn thing. Yeah. And they all they do 24-7 is look into your emails and look into your life. Also, I think for like a traditional president, it would look bad if, if a president pardoned someone so clearly a misanthrope. But I think for Trump, it doesn't matter because he, he looked at, this, at these memos that Mueller released and immediately tweeted... What do you tweet? It was like uh, oh, no collusion. No, yeah, I'm I'm all clear, baby. No, honestly, that that's the one thing about Donald Trump that I really wish um, I had was just the pure optimism of looking at reality and then be like, look at that. In no way, it's like um, it's like when you it's like when you're watching your favorite sports team and they're just getting their asses kicked, and then you're like, but you know the Knicks had more free throws. Yeah. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, just willing this delusion around him. Apparently, that the night on Friday night, he just had like a big Christmas dinner with mm. at the White House and just like acted like nothing happened. Well, I mean, what can you do? He's got to continue to be the president, I suppose. When it comes to con- uh, controversial pardons, Bill Clinton's most controversial was Mark Rich. Uh, Mark Rich. So what I'm saying is this is not like uh, you you look at like Ford, Ford pardoning Nixon. Huge deal. And everyone probably cost him his political life, honestly. So it wouldn't be the first time a president pardoned someone because, uh, well, you know, the pardon power is really strong. Yeah. So everyone's like, can he do it for political reasons? It's like kind of can. But from what I understand, Nixon was pardoned to like put Put it behind behind him. Like let people like move on in their own like. Yeah. The spirit of the country. But then there were a lot of people who were just like, I kind of wish that that guy got a little bit right. of, you know, even though Watergate by today's standards, I don't think it's like, you, oh, you broke into a hotel, did you? You looked at some, you got some papers, did you? Lovely hotel, by the way. We oh stayed there God. in D.C. Really nice hotel. Right. 
uh, they must have revamped it. Yeah. Because I thought it was going to be like Nixon's pubic hair. I thought it was going to be like well, kind some of uh, po- soiled and like having a real musty smell to it. It was classic. Some portions of that structure were abandoned and it was like an abandoned post office. But then the hotel itself oh. was beautiful. It and, was. And they had a pumpkin with with Nixon, uh, with Nixon's face carved out and it was beautiful. It was. Mark Rich was an international commodities trader, head fund manager, financier and businessman. He was best known for founding the commodities company Glencore and for being indicted in the United States on federal charges of tax evasion and making controversial oil deals with Iran during the Iran hostage crisis. So when he was pardoned, a lot of people were extremely upset uh, when Bill Clinton did that. So anyway, there is precedent for the president to pardon unsavory people. And it seems like that's what Paul Manafort is crossing his fingers and praying to God happens because I don't think he's enjoying prison too much. No. Um, Speaking of prison, let's move on to Michael Cohen, and then I want to talk briefly about what happened. Speaking of the FBI with James Comey, he went to talk to the Republicans again. Um, don't know why. No, I mean, obviously, the Republicans are right now, they're in a lame duck Congress. Uh, they lost the House. I mean, that that number is crazy. I believe it's 236 now uh, for the Dems and didn't do nearly as well in the Senate as they were hoping to. So they, this is lame duck nonsense. Basically, the Republicans are pushing forward right now, um, just kind of filling their days with with red meat for their base, I suppose. Yes. Um, so with Michael Cohen, dozens of pages were filed in federal court this past Friday. And uh, Michael Cohen, basically, he cooperated with with Mueller. Uh, he was only charged with one count. Real nice, real pretty easy going for the Mueller campaign. Only charged with one count. Um, and that count was just lying to the FBI. I believe it took, it, I, I think the sentence he was looking at was zero to six months. Mm. Okay. The next one, though, is eight counts, and that's coming from the Southern District of New York. For those that don't know the Southern District of New York, it's one of the most powerful entities in the country. It's basically an international district. They deal a lot with terrorism. They deal, uh, you know, a lot with foreign policy, things that other, you know, uh, districts don't necessarily have to deal with. So the Southern District of New York, of course, Preet Bahara was the former AG there. Rudy Giuliani, a mm. former AG there. Really powerful people have served uh, for the Southern District of New York. They were not so happy with Michael Cohen. They don't really like the cut of his jib. They don't like the cut of his jib. And of course, being in New York State, um, Mueller gave them a lot of information. They exchanged notes. And apparently Cohen wasn't nearly as forthright uh, or forthcoming with them as he was with Mueller. So they said, okay, I'm so happy you cooperated with this other dude. I'm so happy you cooperated with the special counsel. But we're still going to seek substantial jail time for your ass, prison time, because quite frankly, you haven't told us the truth or you haven't told us nearly as much as what you told Mueller. So he is looking at anywhere up to uh, 46 to 51 months, over three years in prison. So Cohen's been charged with eight counts. Travis, what are those? So five counts of tax evasion, one count of making a false statement to a financial institution, also one count of making an excessive campaign contribution on on October 27th, 2016, uh, to Stormy Daniels. Right. Okay. So 130 to Stormy, and then 150 thousand to Karen McDougal. Okay. So we got the con. Uh, we have the campaign um, violations here. The campaign finance violations. I got a couple of messages. On my Instagram, at D- I got some DMs on Instagram at Ben Kissel one if you want to see pictures of Puffin. He is so cute. But a lot of people were like, how is this a campaign uh, violation? Because it is a little bit kind of uh, gray. As a person who learned all this kind of stuff last year when it comes to campaign uh, finance violations, the campaign finance law in this country is quite bizarre. And, of course, on a federal level, it's pretty intense. So basically what they're saying here is Michael Cohen, on behalf of the campaign, not not necessarily campaign funds, but on behalf of the campaign, paid off McDougal paid off Stormy Daniels. Now, that was what we would call an in-kind donation um, because theoretically it was to propel or help Donald Trump uh, get to the White House so it would not hurt him politically if these stories came out uh, that he uh, had sex with all these porn stars, although given all the other stories that came out when the women uh, weren't uh, consenting to uh, the sexual acts, I don't even think there was bad... They, I don't even think they would have sunk him, quite honestly. No. I mean, considering all the things that Megyn Kelly bleeding out of her, her wherever, just starting his entire presidential debate, uh, the first debate he ever did was just a joke about Rosie O'Donnell. Right. So I don't even know if this would have hurt him. But nonetheless, uh, that's why this is a campaign 
finance violation because it's an in-kind donation on behalf, theoretically, of the campaign uh, because, no doubt, Donald Trump thought that it would have uh, hurt his chances to be president. And again, I think you're judging right. by how I feel right now about how the American people seem to care about that stuff, I don't think None anyone would have cared. None of that stuff would have And honestly, so. they were, Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels were public about this stuff before his, right. before his campaign, actually. They... Uh, in, in a couple of magazines, there were interviews done about this and just nobody cared or it was not of right. national importance. And so they kind of they were thought they could sort of head it off at the pass. And right. then it, it turned out to be this bigger. And of course, you're going to hear if you watch the news and if you read the 47 page um, memo or the document, the 47 page document, uh, they hear, you hear the word individual one which is obviously Donald Trump. They're not allowed to use his name um, because he's not technically being charged here. Um, but of course, they are, they are allowed to use a person's title and there's only one president. Yeah. So it's pretty simple to I'm, understand. I, I, I'm not that, sure he understands that he is individual one. Given, I don't know what he knows. Given, I don't know. Given his tweets. <laughs> I have no idea. I have, I have no clue uh, what goes on in the man's mind at this point. I don't know what goes on in the minds of a lot of people. Well, I don't know if you remember this. John Edwards uh, had similar campaign yes, contributions of in, course and uh and that's the reason he he dropped out is because of the illicit affair with uh, a woman he got pregnant outside yes. of out of marriage that that was of course a woman who was following him around making a documentary on him at this point he was still married to i believe her name was elizabeth r.i.p um and yes he had a child out of wedlock uh, that whole thing really blew up in his face slightly more extreme because it happened in real time right it was a uh, it was an affair that was going on as he was running for president which i don't know how you have the time um these these stormy daniels and karen mcdougall's i believe this goes back to 06 07 early 2000s um or mid to mid mid early 2000s whatever um so there's a little bit of a difference but yeah absolutely that totally sunk him it sunk John, it sunk John Edwards forever. I don't believe he's even a lawyer any longer. He got disbarred, and he's just kind of living a, a peaceful life. Hopefully, not in too much shape. He's not the worst guy in the world. Well, his uh, uh, you know. uh, he was taken to court for actually the campaign violation. Right. And it it ended in a, a mistrial. Okay. But uh, so hopefully that's not the same. Uh, I hope that hopefully that's not a statute for Trump. To, well, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Obviously, that's the big conversation. Can you indict a sitting president? Well, who knows? Uh, the answer most likely is no on that, but uh, he's not going to be a sitting president uh, forever. Yeah. So this is according to the Southern District of New York. This is their sentencing memo uh, regarding Michael Cohen. This is what they say. They say, in sum, the nature of Cohen's conduct underscores the need for a substantial period of incarcerations as a means of both to promote respect for the law and to deter future abuses by other individuals seeking improperly to influence the electoral process, evade taxes, or lie to financial institutions. Never lie to a financial institution. Oh, my God. It's, so, it's worse than lying to the Pope. So that's where the SDNY is coming in right now with Michael Cohn. Perhaps he should have um, participated more, spoke to them more, told them the truth more who knows nonetheless it looks like they have something to prove and they really want to get um some punishment for michael cohen more so of course than the Mueller investigation number one thing in all of this uh, of course is what did donald trump uh know it's of course he uh said yes to the payments of stormy to stormy and, and karen mcdougall he would be the worst businessman in the history of businessmen um if he did not you don't just give away over $200,000. It just doesn't happen. Um, but now the question is, what were the Rus- Russians' influence in all of this? You know, And that's where we still don't know because the report hasn't come out. The documents that did come out from uh, Mueller were heavily, heavily redacted. We basically got the name and the page number. Yeah. That was like basically the only thing that was on there. Well, it, it looks like Mueller is stepping back away from making this a Russian collusion investigation and more mm. about he's going the um the capone route like the getting him on on uh, actual money stuff that's how they get you they the government is really good at getting money and they know where it is there that's the one thing the government can do superbly when it comes to them being like clunky and slow and not really like um having the most uh streamlined process yeah. of the vast majority of things they do but i think to the fi- one area they're good at is if, getting their if money people back. are expecting to find photos of trump and putin like 
you know. Well, the interesting thing with all that is, of course, they're talking about a Trump Tower over in Moscow. Yeah. And the thing is, Donald Trump's allowed. I mean, even when he's campaigning, he's still just a citizen and he's a business guy. I I heard that before. Um, So he is allowed to, like, make deals or talk to um, talk to foreign entities about perhaps starting up a Trump Tower or whatever. And God knows where. But the question is. Having Cohen, which apparently Michael Cohen spoke to the Russian government on behalf of Donald Trump, yes. what deal is being made there? Right. You know what what's happening uh, regarding their obvious desire to see this person succeed. Even though I think it probably would have been better for them uh, if he didn't. In some ways, it certainly would have been better for Donald Trump right. and Jared Kushner if he didn't win this damn thing, because then he would just have his Trump Tower and he would not be. Well, who knows what would be happening? I don't think there would be a special counsel. That's for damn sure. Uh, he might be in a little bit of heat for financial uh, campaign violations and stuff like that. I don't think the uh, scrutiny certainly wouldn't be nearly as extreme as it is now because he's in the White House. Um, so that's the main question. What was what was their influence? What did they, uh, you know, what did they encourage him to do when it comes to the policy that the RNC wanted to change towards the Russians to put into their platform? Why was that? There's just a lot there, and of course, if you're Donald Trump. I don't understand why he he just can't tell the truth, even when the truth would be mildly beneficial. When it comes to Russian collusion, when it comes to all this nonsense, uh, just say, I wanted to talk to them about building a Trump Tower. And then everyone would be like, well, yeah, that would make sense. And that's not illegal. Yeah. What's illegal is if you talk to them about ways that they could hurt Hillary, hence helping you, and then uh, allowing them to undermine our democratic process. So it's right there. The way for him to get out is to be like, yes, I was talking. Yeah, we were talking. It was going to be great. It was going to be a great Trump Tower. That's all he has to do. And they'd be like, okay, well, so now it's out of the realm of politics and it's in the realm of business. But he can't even do that. So it's it's funny. That's the ultimate irony of all of this. I thought they gave Donald Trump a little bit of an out um, with the Trump Tower. Be like, yeah, I was negotiating a Trump Tower. But uh, he's too stupid to even take what I thought was a gift. Isn't it like... Back in 2016, we were all, I think even you and I had this conversation where it's like, oh, he's he's going to lose and he's going to start like Trump TV or whatever. He was doing all that kind of stuff. And now, of course, and he's bringing a lot he, of those folks from Fox News over to the White House. But like he won and it's that happened anyway. It's like either way, we got Trump TV. We did. I, I just We did. <laughs> we're well, talking about him 24-7 now. And it's like, oh, wait, he would have lost. He would have had some kind of big media yeah. thing. And now he won and he... That's why, honestly, thing. I think he. This was kind of the first time he acted properly after a, um, uh, you know, um, a former president or a former politician like John McCain after they passed away. After someone who was, you know, in the public eye for so many years, obviously that being George Herbert Walker Bush, he actually kind of acted appropriately in the fact that he shut up for the first time in a long time. Right. Um, he was, of course, that that ended because he quick. didn't he didn't eat a McRib and at the funeral. He, that's yeah. him acting presidential. Oh, my God. That was fascinating. <laughs> Seeing him. Jimmy Carter. By the way, isn't that interesting? Jimmy Carter was elected in 76 and he outlived Herbert Walker Bush, Bush who was elected in 90 in, 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 in 88. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Jimmy Carter is never Jimmy Carter and William Nelson. As, and as long as they stay alive. Um, that I believe that we could have uh, eternal life. As if those two go, <laughs> then I'm finally going to believe in the concept of death. Well, Carter, Jimmy Carter builds houses like every weekend, so every I think day. that keeps him pretty fit. Yes, he's a great, great man. Rosalind Carter, uh, of course, as well. Um, so yeah, that was fascinating. So I think Donald Trump was like, hey, give me a little break from the spotlight ever so briefly to uh, properly, maybe as a side effect, it looked like he might have been properly mourning, even though, whatever, I can't. It is what it is. It is what it is with that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's talk briefly here. Talking about Mueller, I want to talk about Michael Flynn. Now, of course, he was uh, the former national security advisor, big on the Trump campaign, absolutely uh, crucial uh, to Donald Trump. He was the first sort of military guy to come out and support him. Yeah. And he's one of these guys that Donald Trump, you know, he says, uh, we're going to build the wall. And, of course, he was at the RNC. He got the locker up chant he was going. A, he was a big locker up guy. He was a big locker up guy. The Arsenio woo, woo, woo. <laughs> that was the Republicans version is lock her up. He was all in with Donald Trump. Yeah. National security advisor, as I just said. Next thing you know, he's out. Now, Mueller is like, OK, bro, you better start talking to us. Evidently, he talked a lot. And apparently, Mueller was happy with what he said 
because he has recommended and he will receive no prison time he must have at talk, all. Talked good. He talked. He must have talked good. real good. Yeah, yeah real sweet. Got, <laughs> He's a real got, sweet talker. Got Mueller showing that kneecap. So evidently, Michael Flynn, uh, because he was working with Mueller for so long, uh, he could have worn wires. We don't know. We have no idea what he collected. Papadopoulos the same way. Where Papadopoulos, we didn't know that he was working with Mueller because he was working with Mueller way back in July, and we didn't find out about it until a couple months later. So who knows what that dude has. And again, that's why this whole Mueller investigation. Just, just let's see the documents. Get it done, please, and uh, so we can finally stop speculating. But who knows? Uh, obviously, Flynn did something right uh, because he's not going to be seeing uh, life behind bars anytime soon, if ever. All right. So former FBI director. Now, this is just lastly, and then I want to get into Jeffrey Epstein and Travis and I have a lot to say about that scumbag. So uh, former FBI director James Comey, he spoke to House investigators behind closed doors. Now, this thing lasted about seven hours. This is on Friday. Uh, Comey, who appeared under subpoena, announced after the meeting that he would return for more questioning December 17th. So what the hell are they talking to this guy about? Well, it turns out this is according to Comey himself. He says, we're talking about Hillary Clinton's emails for heaven's sake. uh, So I'm not sure we needed to do this at all, specifically (laughs) given, of course, the recent revelations involving Ivanka Trump and the the uh, the unsafe email and all this kind of stuff that they're using. Donald Trump still has his traditional phone he still has an everyday uh you know a phone like you and i have extremely simple to hack but of course hillary clinton's emails are still on the forefront of republicans minds again in this lame duck congress apparently a large portion of this testimony was comey rebutting the idea the the statement that trump made about him and Mueller that uh comey and Mueller were such good friends that they have been seen hugging and kissing each other and and Trump said he has photos of these. So a large part of the a large portion of the testimony was Comey explaining, uh, I've never kissed uh Mueller. I've never hugged him. I've I don't even know him. I don't have his phone number. Wow. Uh, I'm an admirer from afar, but I wouldn't never I, like I don't need to he, think about Comey and Mueller kissing necessarily, but I guess it's kinda hot. I'm sure there's honestly I know for a fact there's fan fiction. Oh, of course. Oh, for sure. Oh, God, of course. Like the, the That is the one thing with the, Mueller. The Mueller is coming people where they like Photoshop Mueller's head on the uh Game yeah. of Thrones villain. Yeah. yeah. Those people create erotica about about these dudes, for I sure. I would think for so. Sure. The fetishization of Robert Mueller is like, he is still just like a, a German inquisitor. Like, it's not like, you know, he's not like this huge god or anything. People wearing the shirts and stuff. I'm like, you're wearing that. You're wearing this man. Like, it's not, it's just ironic, I always think, when the coolest kids are like, I just love Robert Mueller, this 70-year-old prosecutor. Anyway. But I think that's probably why it was a closed-door session is just so embarrassing asking yes. this man about emails about if he kissed Mueller on the lips. Um, After questioning was underway, some Republicans signaled they were very unhappy with Comey's level of participation uh, or cooperation. California Representative Daryl Issa, Daryl Issa, he's got Stonehenge for a face, strong jaw on that guy. (laughs) Uh, He said Comey had two lawyers in the room, his personal lawyer and a lawyer from the Justice Department. He said the department lawyer repeatedly instructed Comey not to answer, quote, a great many of questions that are clearly items at the core of our investigation. Investigation. Um, so it doesn't seem like they really got anywhere. And I'm just going to say this on behalf of the American people, Republican or Democrat, no one gives a shit about Hillary's emails anymore. She didn't win. It's all done. Let's move on. All right. So that's where we're at with James Comey. And again, that's really just a, a, a cliff note uh, of this week, because, again, it's not really uh, it's just it's just political theater and them attempting to say that they're doing something. Uh, on behalf of Donald Trump and for uh, the Republican base. So let's talk now. I want to talk about this dude. He is uh, now he is the U.S. Secretary of Labor. This dude's name is Alexander Acosta. Okay. He was the U.S. attorney in Miami, and he approved a slap on the wrist deal for noted pedophile, known pedophile, uh, creator of the Lolita Express, Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein is a rich hedge fund manager who recruited scores of underage girls to perform sex acts at his Palm Beach mansion and his homes in New York, New Mexico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. 
So basically, this dude, Epstein, he just surrounded himself with the most powerful people yep. in the world. We got some princes coming over here from, from the UK. I think it was Prince Philip or Prince Albert. Well, I'm right. just going to call him Prince Albert, which is actually a strange piercing that goes on your penis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of course, Bill, yes. Bill Clinton, of course, Donald Trump, uh, Stephen Hawking. He even hung out with the old Stephen Hawking. He, he used to go party with that dude. So recent revelations about billionaire sex offender Jeffrey Epstein's sweetheart deal with government prosecutors, thanks to a, cod, a cadre of all-star defense lawyers who basically treated underage accusers like throwaways, are the tip of the iceberg in a scandal of money, power, sex, corruption, and the boys' club's criminal, uh, criminality. This story is like a Hollywood blockbuster, um, The uh, I suppose. It's, yeah. discuss- it's like the movie Spy. Spotlight, well, I, I guess, say, in that if, sense. If 8mm was like a, a Hollywood blockbuster, it's a very sad story. So he's accused, or he was guilty, he is guilty of, not accused, he was found guilty, given about 13 months, which he deserved, again, a hell of a lot longer than that. Uh, he is uh, he sexually abused girls as young as 14. Uh, evidently, this all began in 2005, when Epstein was accused of sexually assaulting a teenage girl at his Palm Beach home. Now, law enforcement expanded the investigation to other alleged assaults, including at his private island in the U.S., Virgin Islands. So he's hanging out with celebrities at this place, this this uh, personal island of his, which is crazy to even think that someone could have one, but he did. And it was cleverly nicknamed Orgy Island. I get it. Yeah, you get it, right? It's pretty on the nose. So Epstein's lawyers, now this is including... Alan Dershowitz. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, I know. I used to work with him regularly at Red Eye. He was a regular guest. I have his phone number. Um, Hopefully, I never have to call him. Uh, But he was also, he also had some accusations of having sex with an underage girl, uh, and he was here, and I don't know what happened with that case. It got, I do know it got dismissed. Um, Didn't really get a lot of the press uh, that you would have thought it might have. But nonetheless, Mm. Alan Dershowitz, he is a guy who knows these wealthy folks, and he has been defending them for a a long, long time. Of course, we know a famous individual that he helped as well. Of course. Um, So. The Juice, of course, O.J. Simpson. So Dershowitz is helping this dude out, along with a former Whitewater prosecutor, Kenneth Starr. Now, Ken Starr, the ultimate irony of this is, of course, the Starr Report. This is uh, this is the dude who wrote the, the Fifty Shades of Grey President Edition in the 90s. So they, not, they negotiated a non-prosecution agreement that ultimately afforded Epstein an absurdly lenient sentence just over a year in county jail. But now that wasn't even true. Epstein was allowed to stay in a vacant wing of the jail and spend up to 12 hours a day in, quote, his office six days a week. The agreement called for him to plead guilty to two state charges of soliciting prostitution, to pay restitution to some of the alleged victims, and to register as a sex offender. To say the least, this coup was a disgrace, uh, shamefully misleading since under the Florida law, someone under 18 can't consent to sex and therefore can't technically be, quote, a prostitute. It is otherwise ridiculous given the credible allegations in a 53-page federal indictment effectively dropped, which could have put him away for life. So how did this happen? Well, a dude who played a large role in this is now, again, the U.S. Labor Secretary. Dude's name is Alexander Acosta. Okay, Alexander Acosta. He was then the U.S. Attorney. Now, according to Ben Sass, of course, the senator out of Nebraska, he says this is an epic miscarriage of justice, all that kind of stuff. So it's getting some blowback from all sides. So basically what Acosta did, they turned underage child rape, which is what this is. Uh, That's what Jeffrey Epstein is. He's a child rapist. Uh, They turned it into basically an indictment on prostitution. Uh, They kind of flipped the script. It's similar to what you see in cases. Going back to O.J. Simpson, they flipped it. The LAPD is now on the stand. West Memphis 3, Satanism. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's that's what we're talking about Mm -hmm. here. Uh, Not the innocence or the guilt of the three boys who are being wrongfully accused. So they flipped it and victim blamed uh, the young girls who were, again, raped at 14, 15 years old by this billionaire on Orgy Island, Lolita Express. Who knows who else was in those rooms, by the way? Birds of a feather. I don't know. There's so many celebrities hung out with this dude. There's a lot of dirty fucking hands uh, in this situation. So going back to Alexander Acosta. 
This is what he said. He said his judgment at the time was that a jury trial might not be the best route uh, and a plea deal guaranteed jail time. Now, that is unbelievable dog shit. They just kept him out of prison. They kept him basically out of jail from the sounds of it, 12 hours a day in a personal office where he was allowed to work six uh, six days a week. Um, and it's because he has uh, all the connections in the world. And you know for a fact he knows every single thing or he knows a lot of uh, dirt on these people that went to his parties uh, on the, the plane Lolita Express or on Orgy Island or in his West Palm Beach homes. He knows what they were doing with these kids too. Yeah. And so everyone has a reason to make sure that this guy doesn't spill the beans. I suppose if he goes to prison for life, he has nothing else to lose. And next thing you know, we're hearing about Clinton, Trump, uh, Stephen Hawking. Who knows? I'm just looking at Epstein's mugshot here. He he looks like um, if he didn't have an orgy island, he would just be one of the guys on 90 Day Fiance. Like, yes. Just one of these scumbags. I've been watching 90 Day. I've been too. It's so good. It's so bizarre. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm just looking at an article here from 2011. So we he's being referred to as a billionaire. He's always referred to being referred to as this financier billionaire guy. Right. Actually, he's not a billionaire. Oh. And... Uh, it actually was a stipulation in turning over his finances to a Florida court that once his charges were being made public, they have to refer to him as a billionaire. So they kept bumping his really? his amount of money up as a part of an agreement, a plea deal. Disgusting. You have to call me a billionaire if you also call me these things. So uh, Alexander Acosta, obviously he's taking a lot of political heat here, as he should. You remember this uh, back in the campaign with Hillary Clinton when she defended that child molester and then she's like, I know he's guilty, but she's a defense attorney and defense attorneys do what their title says that they should do, which is defend. Um, and it was a huge deal. Alexander Acosta, uh, he's getting a lot of political flack here. Obviously, the Secretary of Labor. Uh, he later wrote, "This is uh, this is what he would later write that his own group of prosecutors faced quote a year long assault quote by an army of legal superstars. It's a pitiful excuse for going easy on a serial child molester." So he basically, as Donald Trump, this is maybe he learned it from his dad, Donald Trump. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, he made himself the victim. The prosecution had a, it was a year long assault, Travis, on the prosecution. So they had to go easy on a child molester. They were assaulted. It wasn't the copious amounts of children. Honestly, the number we'll probably never know. I'm assuming it's in the hundreds because these parties they said were filled with underage girls serving drinks, sucking God knows what, doing a whole series of horrible things that they didn't want to be doing. So by the time Epstein walked into court on June 30th, 2008, the FBI had identified 36 underage victims, some as young as 14. None was brought in for the sentencing hearing, and most learned about it later from news reports. Epstein left the courtroom with a deal that would make any predator turn cartwheels. He pleaded guilty to two prostitution-related counts and would serve only 13 months in jail. So that is our current... Uh, labor secretary, secretary of labor, Alexander Acosta. He couldn't prosecute this man, this pedophile, um, because they were being assaulted by the defense. That seems to be the way that our system is set up. So that is a story that continues to come back and haunt him. And quite frankly, I think it deserves more attention. It was kind of a blip on this week's radar uh, politically because of everything that's going on with Cohen and Manafort. But when we talk about institutional bias, when we talk about institutional um, corruption, this is it. If you want to look at it, this is a prime example. People go to prison for 10 times that uh, for small amounts of drugs or not paying speeding tickets or getting a DUI for the third time. Not even if you hurt anyone, not even if you get into an accident. People go to prison for a hell of a lot longer than that monster Jeffrey Epstein did for raping uh, at least 36 girls. Yeah, you can rearrange reality with enough power. Absolutely. And, and Jeffrey Epstein, I mean, if this is somebody who is a public figure and we know all of these things and yet this is his this is his punishment. Right. Just, our world is so dark. Our it, well, I mean, it's just so dark. You know, like, as the things Marcus that we says, do not know. You know, there's no billionaires on death row, and I mean, it helps. You have money. It's a whole different reality, and uh, that's just that's just the way that that is. But I do not believe. I think that Alexander Acosta. I don't want anything to do with this guy. I think he should step down as U.S. Secretary of Labor um, because he did not do his job. Now, again, this is before um, Twitter really took off. Social media really took off. I wonder. If this case 
happens now, uh, speci- uh, specifically in the wake of the Me Too movement and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. I still yeah. don't know uh, if it would be the same or not, um, because as we've seen on a regular basis, it's still well, it's, uh, extremely difficult to get the wealthy um, to actually uh, pay for any of their crimes. That's why the Cosby thing was such a yeah. huge deal. It's interesting because at the time when these things happened, uh, when Epstein was being charged for these things, the girls were, yet, like you said, like 14, 15, and now they've aged into adulthood in the Me Too movement. Right. So now they're adults uh, during this this period. So I, I wonder if that will help at all. Although I'm pretty pessimistic about. Well, the I, whole I don't. Thing. Know, I I think you got double jeopardy to think about there. And uh, unless he's still doing this, which I mean, obviously it's a it's something he's probably continuing on. Um, I think he would have to have new charges brought. But uh, he I'm is sure also accused plenty. of recruiting dozens of underage girls into a sex slave network. I mean, this is just horrible. Yeah. He bought their silence, um, although he has been convicted of only one count of soliciting prostitution from a minor. Um, according to a 2011 court filing by alleged Epstein victim Virginia Roberts, I believe Gufri, she saw Bill Clinton and Prince Andrew on the island, but never saw the former president do anything improper. Gufri has accused Prince Andrew of having sex with her when she was a minor, a charge the Buckingham Palace has denied. Um, this is absolutely horrible. It was a horrible case. And the fact that this man, uh, Alexander Acosta, got promoted, he yeah. got like life just gets better uh, for this man. Uh, it's absolutely uh, pathetic. Epstein was also a regular visitor to Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago. And the two friends, according to the Daily Mail, Trump was a frequent dinner guest at Epstein's home, which was often fully full of barely dressed uh, models. And again, barely dressed models, totally fine as long as everyone's of age and they're not there because they're sex slaves. In 2003, New York Magazine reported that Trump also attended a dinner party at Epstein's honoring Bill Clinton last year. The Guardian reported that Epstein's little black book, quote, little black book contained contact numbers for Tony Blair, Naomi Campbell, Dustin Hoffman, Michael Bloomberg and Richard Branson. So the man certainly had a hell of a lot of uh, connections. Uh, Jane Doe number three. This is what she alleged. She had been forced to have sex with, quote, numerous prominent American politicians, powerful business executives, a well-known prime minister and other world leaders. Um, so it is absolutely disgusting that Alexander Acosta is able to have his career get better while these women uh, were sold into sex slavery, forced to fuck the most powerful people, uh, silenced, and had their lives ruined as he now becomes the U.S. Um, Secretary of Labor. I, I, I just think that's something that... I think on this occasion... Not, I mean, isn't there somebody out there who didn't help a pedophile only serve 13 months in jail? Isn't there, isn't there any other option? That's the one thing with Trump where it's like, isn't there another, same thing with like Kavanaugh, isn't there just another option? Yeah. Like, isn't it possible that there's one other person, uh, you know, especially with Acosta here where it's like, can't you find someone who didn't help a pedophile get off? It's just the wealthiest person. I, I like, it's crazy. Oh, he loves we need that. To be, we need to bring back tarring and feathering people and start with billionaires. Billionaires are well, the I, reason. Unless, of course, you're a billionaire and you're a listener to the show. Thank you so much for listening. There's yes. a lot, honestly, I don't, I don't malign anyone based on their wealth. Bill Gates. Very, very good person. 70% of the uh, pollution of the world comes from 100 companies. You know, like 100 billionaires are, are the reason why the planet is... Honestly, destroyed. I got to do better with that. I drink so much. I have so much plastic I throw away. The, your your little contribution to <sighs> pollution does not matter. It's not good. It's billionaires. Epstein, it's billionaires. Epstein owns uh, the $6.8 million mansion in Palm Beach, an $18 million property in New Mexico, and the 70-acre private Caribbean island. Uh, a golf stream, a helicopter, and a Boeing 727. And the whole time, he used his power to rape underage girls as opposed to, honestly, man, you can, do, you can do good stuff. You can do good things if you have a lot of money. Just do good things. You know, you don't have to be a fucking total monster. And Alexander Acosta, um, I'm sorry that he was assaulted by the defense. I'm sorry he was so assaulted by the defense and gave this guy a sweetheart deal. There's no denying um, that his power and his political connections played a huge, huge, uh, had a huge impact into why he only got 13 months. So anyway. And I'm sure this is all very embarrassing to to Dershowitz on Martha's Vineyard. I don't think Dershowitz, no one gives a shit. (coughs) That's the problem. 
Um, all right, everyone. Well, that was the story that I wanted to cover uh, because I just, I don't know. It's, it's, don't you think that's worth covering? It's, it's darkness incarnate. Yeah. Um, absolutely. All right. Well, there we go. So we'll keep you up to date. Hopefully, by the next time we record, we can know what the hell is going on. Mueller's got to drop this thing at some point, right? Like, we have I, to know I at honestly, some point. I honestly, can it be like a Christmas gift? I just think like he's waiting till after the presidency. I honestly think he's building up. He till, can't, we can't do two more years because everyone's going to go batch I, it. And people on MSNBC, are like I've seen them, they're just like, what are we supposed to say now? Because every day is the same. <laughs> um, and I, someone, by the way, if you look at my Instagram, I'm watching Chris Matthews Hardball. Chris yeah. Matthews, by the way, it's I don't know why his lips are always wet, but they are. Uh, <laughs> someone farted. Someone <laughs> farted. Did you see that on my Instagram? I saw it. I didn't. Uh, I had it with the mute. I was muted. So did he actually make a somebody a, farted? An audible. Oh my god! Can I? I don't even know if it's possible to play this. Play it. Hold on a second. This is a huge, huge scandal. The president directed that activity, according to this uh, this uh, memorandum today. Ken. Yes, Chris, and, and in fact, you know, Michael Cohen already stood up in court and said that when he pleaded guilty to these charges in the Southern District of New York. <laughs> did you hear it? Did that pick up? I think it did, actually. All right, well, there it is, definitive proof. There was a fart on hardball. <laughs> I want to know who did it. I think it was Matthews. I think it was Chris May, because he's going he, to silence his mic. And, yeah, you know, I, I, he's getting he, a little does, old. he shifts in, yeah. in, in, the, in the video. I think Chris Matthews let it let it out. I mean, he's been on TV for so long. He's so he, comfortable, very you know. Comfortable, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, let me know what you think. Email Last Podcast Network. Email and uh, DM me on Instagram. I don't really check Twitter too often. Um, and if you want to check out my uh, talking head stuff, you can just go to my YouTube channel. And uh, there's a bunch of the stuff there. I think I'll be on Harris Faulkner's show this past this upcoming Thursday to yell about something. Who knows? Um, all right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Travis. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.